0: This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. Um, you know, we've spoken many times on the podcast about the importance of protecting independence in the practice of healthcare. You know, the relationship between a licensed healthcare professional and a patient should be unassailable. But more and more, government is violating that principle, and we know that healthcare is not the only institution under attack. What is going on in Michigan could happen anywhere. Now, recently, the state expanded its civil rights protections to include not just race, religion, color, sex, or national origin, but now gender identity and sexual preference. Now, while the law is quite new... There is already a case on it circulating in the federal courts, and I am pleased to have as my guest today, Hal Frampton. He is a senior counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, which is representing the plaintiffs, which is a direct primary care practice called Christian Healthcare centers and a Catholic school called Sacred Heart
1: Academy. Welcome. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's great to be here.
0: Now, these two organizations, Christian Healthcare Centers and Sacred Heart Academy, have been penalized, have not, they've not been penalized yet under this expanded law, because uh, it's so new. They haven't done anything, right? Um, so why is this case uh, going through the courts? And, and can't the defendant, who is the Michigan uh, Attorney General, Dana Nessel, why can't she argue that there's nothing to litigate?
1: She is arguing that there's nothing to litigate. We believe she's wrong about that. But that is exactly her. Her so far has been, hey, court, nothing to see here. Uh, ignore the fact that this law clearly regulates Christian healthcare practices in Christian schools and just sort of sweep it under the rug. But that's wrong because Americans have a right to challenge unjust and unconstitutional laws before they get prosecuted under them. Um, that kind of standing is well established in the federal courts, and, and we're hopeful that the appellate courts here will will, will see that. Um, the reality is that this law poses a credible threat to both Sacred Heart and to Christian healthcare centers today and if we don't get relief for them they're subject to being prosecuted under it
0: yeah and as we know what what could happen is they'll be targeted and somebody'll go in and apply for a job that doesn't align with their principles or the way they want to do their business and um you know and then the penalties will come in and the lawsuits and they'll be buried so Uh, not unusual. This freedom of religion, you know, is in the first amendment and it's been challenged over the years. Um, and you know, to little success because the Supreme court usually does come out on the side of freedom. You've had very many successful cases, um, at, um, Alliance defending freedom. These terms, gender identity and sexual preference they are now making their way into all kinds of federal regulation. Can you discuss what a quagmire this can present?
1: Absolutely. Well, the first thing I would say is the great thing about the, the First Amendment, about freedom of speech and freedom of religion, is that we, we shouldn't have to get into that quagmire because the reality is the Constitution protects someone like Christian Healthcare Center's right to to practice their trade in accordance with their faith, regardless of what the culture thinks or the culture changes or any of that stuff. But, but to answer your, your question, we we do know that these are terms with ever shifting meanings. And we know from the medical literature, for example, that the vast majority of children who experience gender dysphoria as prepubertal children, Will, will not ultimately identify as transgender, that they will, will grow up and will identify with their, their natal sex. And so the, and then we've got the whole phenomenon of detransitioners, of people who have, have realized that their previous identification as transgender was wrong. And so the idea that we're going to start, um, assigning constitutional rights based on these sort of shifting categories is, is, is simply wrong.
0: Now, it's not just hiring practices. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Christian health care centers, which I'm personally acquainted with because I am a member. Um, I get excellent <laughs> care there and I get it at a very affordable price. Um, you know, when I heard about this discrimination law, obviously I live in Michigan. I immediately thought of them because I know what they are about. They Um, You know, and people may not, from the outside, may not understand. They don't refuse care to anybody, but they're very strict about who they hire because they want to practice certain principles. Um, Now, they, you know, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, some people may hear their name, Christian Healthcare Centers, and think you have to be Christian to get care from there. Can you talk a little bit about what they're all about?
1: Absolutely. Christian Healthcare Centers serve everybody they are happy to have anyone as a member they have members of any variety of faiths and no faith at all but their model of providing health care is distinctly Christian and and what that means is that unlike a traditional insurance-based practice where uh, a doctor has to see X number of patients a day they actually spend an immense amount of time with their patients I'm sure you have experienced this yourself Upwards of 30 minutes face to face with a doctor in a typical visit, which is certainly not something you see in, in sort of traditional insurance based healthcare. And they do that because they really take the doctor patient relationship seriously. They want and they require that everyone there be a Christian because they're not just trying to serve your healthcare needs, they're trying to serve your spiritual needs as well. They want to make sure that if you're having a really tough day, that person drawing your blood can stop and pray with you if that's helpful to you. Mm. Um, they can talk with you about the spiritual dimensions of, of your healthcare problem. Um, whether it's, you know, anxiety or trouble sleeping or depression or whatever, they, they want to make sure that they're serving the whole person in the way that Christ would.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, people may not understand that because it's so different from conventional medicine, healthcare. Um, you're, uh, law firm Alliance Defending Freedom is involved in so many of these types of cases uh, not the least of which is the one that reversed Roe v Wade um what is the possibility that this case could make it to the Supreme Court and could that be the end of these problematic laws and regulations uh, trying to undermine constitutional freedom you know uh the su- Supreme Court not too long ago reaffirmed that in the Little Sisters of the Poor case uh, that was challenging what they had to cover in health care under
1: Obamacare. Absolutely. And, and that is certainly possible here. Any, any case could get to the Supreme Court. It's very hard to handicap which one will get there and which one won't. But um, certainly we're litigating, as you said, this, this issue of health care practitioners right to practice in accordance with their faith in a variety of cases uh, throughout the country and are, are hopeful that we will make some, some good law on that point. The, the focus right now in Christian health care is on our appeal to the Circuit Court of Appeals, which covers, covers a variety of states uh, in the Midwest, and we're very hopeful that we can get a, a good decision out of them that at least for that region of the country uh, establishes the, the right of, of Christian healthcare professionals to uh, practice in accordance with their faith.
0: I, I want to talk a little bit about what you mentioned when we were talking about Christian healthcare and how they practice medicine. Um, now, you know, we talk about religious freedom, but it can easily overshadow healthcare practice because, you know, freedom for a long time, these two institutions, religion and medical treatment, have been intertwined, right? That's been sort of the history of many hospitals. They came up through l- l- religious channels, right? Um, And and I think even Mark Blocker, who's uh, Christian Healthcare Center's CEO, wrote a book about it called Missional Medicine. Um, Do you see this... you know, being possibly a big factor in the case. You know, the, this intertwining of religion and healthcare. You know, we we want to make everything so secularized, but that's
1: really not the the tradition of healthcare. Well, that's right. I mean, for the the Christian healthcare professional, there obligations to their patients arise out of their faith, and they arise out of the Hippocratic Oath, the idea that you're going to to do no harm, first and foremost, that you're going to heal and not harm your patient and, and their conception of what that means. So that means they're not going to do things like engage in abortion care. They're not going to engage in treatments like gender transition treatments that they believe ultimately harm the person. Um, and they are absolutely intertwined. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine... What the history of healthcare in this country would be without the history of of Christians going out and becoming doctors and founding hospitals and 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 all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's certainly a rich uh, legacy that that Christians have in the healthcare space. That unfortunately we see governments trying to kick them out of now.
0: Yeah, and let's face it, this is the direction of healthcare. A lot they're doing a lot of um, really troubling things that we haven't really resolved ethically. Um, you know, this idea of transhumanism and you can become anything you want and why informed consent is so, so critical. Um, all these really good discussions. We really do thank you for your, your work. What's next in the case?
1: So Christian Healthcare Center's case is on appeal to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. The The district judge, unfortunately, agreed with Michigan that because they have not prosecuted Christian health care centers yet. They shouldn't be able, we shouldn't be able to bring a case. We believe that's incorrect. We've got lots of, of precedents telling us that's incorrect. And so we will, uh, we're, we're briefing it to the Sixth Circuit right now and hopefully we'll have a good decision in the next several months.
0: All right. Well, we wish you the best on all of it. And again, thanks for all your great work over there. Uh, thank you, Hal, for coming on the podcast to discuss this thank case. Thank you, Anne-Marie.
1: Uh, thank Hal, you for- so much.
0: Hal Frampton is a senior counsel with the Lions Defending Freedom, and I will include links to the original complaints so you can read those and you can, um, and we also wrote an article about this and I'll have a link to that as well. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed this discussion, please spread the word, share the link, become a subscriber. The Heartland Daily Podcast covers a wide variety of topics, giving free market perspectives, not just in healthcare, but climate, budgets, education, and we always appreciate your support. This is Anne-Marie Schieber.